Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Charles. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. And we've got a couple of uh, esteemed guests with us this this week uh, for our 100th episode. Um, I don't know why I did this. But yay, us, 100 episodes. We can effectively go into syndication now, right? Because we've reached 100 episodes. (laughs) I mean... Just because we oh. say it anymore, it, that makes it true, right? <laughs> I we think said so. It on a, on a public platform, so it must be true. Right. So uh, this week, just to help us celebrate our 100th episode, we've got uh, Stu Burns, um, who's been on a number of times, especially uh, around October when we uh, do our Halloween shows, because he's kind of an expert on vampire folklore and uh, sort of strange things like that sasquatch <laughs> whatever right night. right Stu. and then now uh, exactly. we've got nebraska benito on, tourism. on uh, uh, what's that and nebraska tourism and yeah. nebraska tourism right um and we've got benito on uh he's uh runs one of uh the partner podcasts for the synergy nation network go rpgs and uh he also Ooh. happens to be a dungeon master for seth and linda and i yeah um in this amazing campaign we're in right now, but it may be coming to an end soon from what I hear, because we're entering uh, the uh, terminal <laughs> yeah. phase of the dungeon. <laughs> and and let's not forget also independent filmmaker, even though COVID right. has put some speed bumps in that he's, he's definitely had his own, you know, film, uh, film production and special mm-hmm. effects, wet works. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Thank you. He's, yeah. he's a bit of a local celebrity. I, I remember I was having lunch with him and, you know, our waiters like makes a pass, makes a pass again. He's like, hey, dude, love your work. What was the book that you wrote again? That's really big, kind of in the field. Yeah, um, it's called The Special Effects Guide to Real Wounds, Human Wounds and Injuries. It's like it's 40 miles long. I don't know what I was thinking, but. <laughs> <laughs> you made sure it pinged all the search engines. I right? yeah. special, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Special effects, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So um, yeah, uh, so uh, Benito um, and Seth uh, as well are kind of uh, huge into 3D printing. Uh, Benito not, not only does it for a hobby, but also uh, professionally. Uh, and no, really, none of this would have happened, I don't think, for the most part, without Seth. Really? Because Seth got you into 3D printing? Really? Seth bought one and I was super excited. And then. So Seth's kind of like a 3D printer. I I got uh, my first printer for my birthday last year. Yeah. Mid pandemic. Because. Thanks, Katie. Because I was. Because Katie wanted him out of her hair. Yeah. I got into mini painting because I couldn't do any of my normal hobbies, really. I go out to coffee shops to write. So that was a whole 
year with no writing and zero creativity. So I started painting minis. And I was like, hey, I can start I like looking at the prices of things and like how expensive it was to print a mini. I was like, well, I could print a dozen minis for the cost of buying just one. Yeah. Yeah. And so and you're up to you're up to what now? Three three I've got printers. three 3D printers now. I have a small resin, a medium-sized resin, which resin is what I use to print minis on because it's a high detail. It's really high detail. I don't know if you can see if you've got a good view on the camera, but I'm holding up one of these minis. If you put your hand behind it so the camera has something to focus on, it usually works a little better. There we go. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, started printing these printing and painting these guys so that's uh here's one that i painted that's kind of recently wow that's a pretty awesome. serious sorcerer yeah but uh, you, make, you make me want to get paints you can also <laughs> you can also print things like this on my medium one which for podcast wow. listeners i am holding up a a humongous uh frost giant yeah how how big is that that looks like that's probably at least 10 inches tall well here's in comparison here's the other <laughs> mini that i was showing you wow so I now that frost giant did you print that all in one or is it uh different pieces that you assembled together he was he came in or i think this was one two three four uh five six seven pieces wow total so then you glue them together yep you just glue them together uh what you're seeing is this guy has already been primed he's ready to paint and he's actually hopefully going to be one of my next projects nice nice just because he's going to look rad but it's going to take forever yeah (laughs) well now benito what kind of what kind of things are you printing with your 3d printer well, I'll share some pictures here in just a second. I was actually bringing some up. I didn't. I didn't know we were doing show and tell. So. Oh, that's okay. Bring... Well, I'll tell you what. We can keep going with Seth if he's got. Yeah, let me to show while you get ready. Sure. Um, something yeah. like I was going to just ask for both of you that you know, as you're showing it, showing and telling us, it's been really cool for the journey of galactic driftwood. All the different, uh, you know, avenues of expressing our hobbies and interest in sci-fi, horror, things like that. Um, because having this podcast has gotten us to talk to a lot of interesting people. So, I mean, and just now Benito's saying how getting to meet Seth and getting inspired to get into this. <laughs> yeah, my first panel with you all. Um, it's, uh, it's very cool. And to see the technology, how far, even in just the last couple of years, cons have come. Yeah. In just the last few months, it's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So, like, where do you think this is all going? Do you think we're going to start seeing like nerds uh, become their own artisan group again? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we've already got people or a whole community of costuming who are doing these amazing cosplays and stuff that just that make the stuff you see in Hollywood look tame sometimes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, you know, if you look at um, uh, Bill Hedges, for example, who's another guy yeah. that uh, we kind of met through um, the podcasting stuff up in Lyons, Nebraska, where he's using, you know, 
commonly available software tools now to create his own um, web serial, um, Cosmic Cat. And uh, he builds um, all of these props himself, um, does all the amazing special effects work um, afterwards. And uh, it's just uh, incredible every time I see what he's doing. Um, uh, it, it's it's all of these technologies now that are becoming more and more affordable to the common man mm -hmm. to make people be able to produce their own, you know, show their own creative side and produce whatever it is that their passions um, have really inspired them to do. So I think it's really cool, whether it's, you know, software based stuff and you're working on maybe games or you're, um, you know, trying to tell a story through some sort of a YouTube series or even, you know, like us doing podcasting, uh, you know, we use uh, Zoom for that, which prior to the pandemic, we were kind of doing everything in person. And no. then when the pandemic came, we had to find a way to get together to continue doing this. And we switched to Zoom. And now it's just a great, convenient way for us to be able to get together and, and do this. And it uh, cuts down on commute time. And Sure, it's fun to still get together in person, and we'll be doing some more of that, I think, um, now that everybody's getting into their their booster shots for the pandemic. Yeah. And it's yeah. more widely available, right? So we can get together and do some some uh, live after dark stuff, um, which well, I think will great. be fun. But, you know, 3D printing is another example. Uh, all kinds of stuff like that. So, yeah, I yeah. think it's pretty amazing. Yeah, thanks for buying me some time. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> all right, so you've got some stuff to Funny. show us, I think, huh? Yeah, just uh, just a couple of things, nothing crazy, but just okay. sort of the detail level is is amazing. Um, let me see here. All right, I'm gonna try to share my screen. You know what? It's been so long since I've even been on here. Uh, let's see. We can buy you some more tam if you want. Could you tell us a little bit about your career now? Because uh, you definitely have uh, had some adjustments to what you do professionally in the last couple of months. And it sounds like it's put you in a place to more closely follow your passions. Yeah, very strangely enough. So I quit my regular job for whatever reason. Well, I know why, but it's, just, <laughs> and it, it's really strange. You know, there's so many articles and stories on quitting people quitting their jobs and, and relating mm -hmm. that to the pandemic and having the time away from work and getting to do the things that I like to do and the, the things that made me feel good and happy and, and not, you know, you don't have to go to work every day for nine hours every day and work for Be someone super else. stressed. Yeah. You start doing things for yourself and you start enjoying that. And you're like, yeah. what have I been doing all of these years? Like, this is crazy. But <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, the pandemic opened my eyes to, you know, I'm 51 years old, so I don't have that much time left. Like, do I really want, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't have that much time, <laughs> yeah. but I don't, I mean, do I want to keep party, Benito? Do I want to keep working every day for nine hours? You know, right. right. Like, when, when you hit 50, it makes you consider that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, there's gotta yeah. be a job out there somewhere. I mean, I see other people having fun jobs and doing what they want to do. And, right. and so, um, yeah, so I just had posted that I had quit my job and, and somebody had reached out, um, to me, uh, Mike Torres, who owns a company here and, and he was super excited about 3d printing. He had just bought eight giant filament printers and 
had no clue how to run one, not at all. He has another guy now down there that works, uh, just one more guy. His name's Ben also, but no clue how to run one. I don't know how to run a filament printer at all, but uh, I think just the fact that I had done some resin printing and posted some pictures, I, th I think was just enough to him to reach out to maybe come work down there. Huh. And then that turned into projection mapping. I, I have a clue how to do projection mapping. I think it's awesome. Uh, when I see it, but how to do it, I didn't have a clue. I had to learn how to do that too. So what is, super fun creative. what is projection mapping? Um, the, well, the biggest example is the castle at Disneyland. Okay. They have a whole show where, where they, sh they project onto the castle, all of these great images and things are changing and moving and, and, mm -hmm. and they're mapped exactly to the shape of the, of the castle, uh, on a smaller level. I think you see a lot of haunted houses or not haunted houses, uh, uh, residences where people shoot with a projector on their house where okay. it looks like All somebody's right. in the window yeah. or somebody crawls out of a window and crawls across the house and crawls into another window. And ah. wow. So would an example be like, Benito, when you see like a smooth oval form in a picture portrait and they project like a scary a face, face on in the haunted house? Yeah, it's so awesome, right? Yeah. 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 Exact same thing. So it's just learning that software. I've, huh. I've been there since middle of September. And we got a pretty good grasp on projection mapping now. The printers, the printers that we have, this this uh, commercial grade, they're not just plug and play. You don't. It doesn't just come in a few pieces and you plug everything together and hit start and it prints. There's there's so many moving parts to these. Huh. We we just had the the people who built the printers. They were there. The software programmer who wrote, writes all the code to tell the printer what to do was there. And we've been trying to tune all eight, eight machines. It's to the point, these machines have belts that run you know, back and forth, um, up and down, side to side, and the thing's moving all the time. And these things, they have belts that uh, run on pulleys. Well, those belts are tuned with a the, uh, the same like little software, the same little program. If you're tuning a guitar, it has to hit a certain pitch. Huh. So mm. if you so if you twang it with your finger, the belt, you tune it until it comes into the right pitch. Really? Wow. And then you know, and there's like I don't know, there's like eight or ten belts on these things, and they all have to come in a certain code, and it's just it's crazy. It's so above anything that I would ever have any clue about. But so do these do these printers? Then, are they going to require sort of ongoing maintenance like you would tuning a piano for example yeah, yeah exactly 100 wow. percent. so we've i i think we're going to end up bringing in the uh the actual software designer because he also 3d prints all of the parts for them yeah there you go 3d prints all of the parts for the machine also and so he's just going to be a huge asset to have on retainer i huh. think he'll probably be our our full-time maintenance man so what so is for the creative those... work that you're doing specifically? Like, what are you printing that is now all of a sudden this new career that people could keep an eye out for? I know it's not a common job, but it's right. the fact that there could be more positions like this might be really interesting to some folks. Sure. So our printers, we're going to bring in resin printers also. Um, we're going to get these tuned first, hit them up and running, and then we'll move into resin printing. But the filament printer, which, which, is the printer that melts the, the plastics on a giant spool and it's just a, a, a thin um, bead. I don't want to say, 
Yeah, it comes in as a uh, what am I what am I trying to say, Seth? The filament's a thin. Hey, I could just go get a thing of it. <laughs> that might be it's like a, It's like in a <laughs> school, right? And it's just a thin filament of a yeah, line it's just of right. plastic. Just a filament wire of, of different, and there's hundreds and hundreds of different kinds of the filament material that you can get. Depends on what you're going to print. But in our particular case, we're going to print. We can print anything. The, the the goal is to print we do a ton of work for zoos around the united states and the idea is that they used to bring in sculptors to sculpt the different animals so if you're going to a meerkat exhibit before you walk in uh if the signage has meerkats on it or maybe there's a display of some rocks out front of the actual building that you're about to go into view the meerkats if those have meerkats on them so they used to bring people in who would hand sculpt those and mm -hmm. then mold them uh, pour them, paint them, do the whole thing. Now, if we use the right filament or the right, oh, here we go. There you go. That's what it looks like. Or this. There you go. So if you use the right material, you can get a almost perfectly smooth surface. So uh, we go in, we find an STL file of a Meerkat, which is just a digital file that, uh, that the printer can read or the software can read that sends it. It's crazy, but if I have just a stationary animal, say it's a dog, this is my dog. If it's a dog, <laughs> if I get a stationary STL file, I'm just stuck with what it is. But with the software we have, we can go inside of that digital model, and then I can build a skeleton inside of it and put all the, all the joints in the correct places. So then the software allows me to grab its foot, and I can move its foot into position or its, huh. or its leg or its arm based on the hinges I put in there, the pivot points and then so i can pose it in different positions so i can take one meerkat stl digital file make five or six different ones in different poses we print them and based on what we coat them with uh to paint them in post then they can just go right on the signage and sit outside for years and be fine in the, in the elements huh that's amazing so uh what this is is pla uh polylactic acid and it turns out this is a bioplastic. And the one I have right now is actually a wooden uh, PLA to print with, which uh, turns out printed things that you can actually stain and they turn out looking like wood. Yeah, the technology is crazy. It's so, amazing. Yeah, I've got this bowl that I've made, oh, for, cool. made for my wife that oh, I'm for going to later sand down and stain awesome. and it should look like natural wood wow huh all right so let me bring up a couple of prints here so just to show you the detail on on some things this is uh at 209 that i'm working on now and this is how many pieces that had to be printed in can you see are you guys seeing this Not we, we only see the file list yeah we see the browser window Oh Maybe God. share to the it says screen. You are, it says you are screen sharing. Yeah. I think you selected the specific browser window. If you share again and show the whole screen, you should be good to go. Yeah, we're just seeing your Windows Explorer. couple passwords. <laughs> <laughs> browser history. Let me try it again. So Some share photos. I have this. <laughs> I click on this. And I hit share. You should see the picture that you've opened or just the, the monitor. Choose the screen versus just a specific window. Hold on. 
I've done this a million times. I don't know why we're having trouble. You're still not seeing this? Yeah, we oh, see no, it. I do. Holy there God. we go. Okay. So you're saying, Bill, you can now give Bill the pieces to build his robot. There you go. <laughs> right? <laughs> awesome. So, so they look pretty good here, but there's a lot of posts in certain cases. If you look on here, I don't know if you can see my mouse or not. Yeah. Uh-huh. You either get dimples or you get pimples. <laughs> oh, and wow. These here are pimples that have to be sanded down smooth. The material is very easy to work with, though. It sands super easy. It huh. fills in really easy. Here's examples of, of pimples here. Oh, wow. But again, it's just a quick, it's really just a quick sand. But look, and is this some something that you're, that you printed? Right. Yeah. And what's this for? Just for fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you have a printer, you get antsy when it's just sitting there not running. <laughs> um, but if, if you look at some of these tiny prints, so these are printed with resin, which is a liquid. Uh, I'm just going to dumb it way down. It's basically a liquid acrylic, a liquid plastic that cures by ultraviolet light. And so it's printed in layers. And so the screen underneath the screen underneath shines a light up through this plastic or through this material, this liquid material. And it's the very specific shape. Huh. So a platform comes down and it goes down through the liquid and it sets against this uh, bottom uh, where the ultraviolet light is. It shines up through a clear glass plate. And so a certain shape is shot up through that glass. And depending upon how the shape is, that's the very first thing it prints. So Basically, if you're just going to print a, a rod, it would print a flat circle and the plate would come down. It would run for three seconds. It would set that resin. The plate would come up a tiny bit, go back down, but stop where that resin had set up, print another circle. And it just keeps doing this. And it goes print, 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 print. And so it's made out of, you know, several layers that are just activated by ultraviolet light. And and for those that, that aren't aware then, why would someone choose a resin printer over a filament printer? You know, Seth, you want to answer that? I'll uh, give you that. I'm going to pull up some more stuff. I'll give you okay. that. Yeah, there's... Oh, goodness. <laughs> Kitten knocking things off of my desk. Sorry. All right, so uh, they're, they're, both types have their pluses and minuses. Uh, the big advantage of an, F, of an FDM, a filament printer over a resin printer is the build volume in that you can build a much bigger thing yeah so this huge i couldn't print this on even my medium-sized printer at all hmm. also uh things that you print in the fdm the materials that you use the filament uh tends to be a whole lot more sturdy than resin does so you can build you can make functional parts with an fdm printer stuff that you can wear can drop you could you could use in any number of uh useful useful uh useful applications like printing parts that could go on a car yep, you okay. can do that uh or stuff for cosplay yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A lot of cosplayers use uh, the FDM 3D printers to make their props and whatnot. That's not as feasible on resin printers 
that uh, they specialize in doing smaller things with finer detail. So they really shine when it comes to making minis or things where the or things where the detail is super important. Okay. Uh, the downsides to the downside to the resin is the small print area. I mean, you can get much larger ones, but as you get in, the larger you get, the much more expensive you get. Right. So the last job I came from, we had an expensive resin printer with a big build plate. It was about this big. That was sixteen thousand dollars, but you could build. Wow, you could build something Ooh. that was this big, but but that's not a hobbyist isn't going to buy that particular. Right, I would never spend that much on a resin. Yeah, uh, the other downside other downside to resin is that it is far more difficult to work with, in that you have a lot more. Uh, it, it, the resin itself is highly toxic, so you have to be very careful with handling it and cleaning everything that you print off of it. Uh, so this is a filament picture here. Yeah. Filament really cool. is uh, the PLA is not only a bioplastic, but you can also uh, put it in, or put, uh, put it into industrial composting and it's recyclable. It just goes back to soil. So hmm. let me show you just real quick. I know you guys are probably glossing over, but let me show you this real quick here. The amount of detail that you can get with resin versus 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 the filament here. We'll see if I can do this right because I'm not sure that I can because I keep screwing up. Okay. Uh, stop sharing. Let me try this again. How am I struggling so much, you guys? <laughs> it's all right. It's been a while since you've used tonight. Zoom, right? Wow. Uh, can you see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what oh, you're yeah. seeing. We're so seeing... this was... This is a resin printer. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And this piece came, I think, in 17 pieces. Wow. Um, well, uh, if you can put that back up, uh, Benito. Uh, I'll try. Actually, you, <laughs> see, you could barely, you can, if you look really close, like on the shoulder plate, you can barely make out the layer lines on that. Mm -hmm. So the layer lines or the, la the layer height, or the we call them layer lines on a finished print. The layer height on a uh, resin piece is around uh, 0 0.02 to 0 0.05 millimeters at most. Uh, the layer height on an FDM print is usually around 0.2 to 0.4 millimeters. Oh, okay. So, I mean, even though they're very small, still uh, noticeable. They're they're noticeable, but they're way less noticeable on an FDM. I don't. You can pro. You might be able to make out some of the layer lines just on this. I don't. Benito, oh, that sorry. picture though you're showing us of the of the armored figure is just epic. It's right. Just so clear. Look at, <laughs> let me show you something else to this. So when he was showing uh, pictures of the different sizes, let me see. Why am I struggling to share today? It feels so weird. Can you see this? Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. You can print a mini this small, Whoa. which is sort of the regular size that you play with, uh, which is what, an inch? Is it an inch and a little bit of change set? Like an inch mm -hmm. and an eighth, maybe? Yeah. So, and you get, this picture's a little blurry because of the, the phone, but. 
the detail is incredible on here. He has straps that have buckles and you can see the, uh, the buckle mechanism and the pin that goes through the holes for the buckle. And then you can turn around and, you know, I could print this file of this giant Holy death knight. God. I could print him as small as the little guy, or I could take the little guy in the software, stretch him out, pull him out and print him as big as the big guy. And the details the same. It doesn't change. So yeah, it's amazing. Like, look at all this. That is amazing. Jeez. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. He's green on the bottom. If you look down from the top, he's black. If you look up from the bottom, he's green. I'm going to do like an <laughs> underglow painting. So it looks like he's standing on green. That's cool. Toxic so, yeah, I guess it. Uh, so if you're trying to choose between FDM and uh, SLA, which is resin, uh, uh, filament versus resin, uh, kind of consider your needs. Uh, if you're primarily looking at printing minis, uh, an SLA might be good for you. But if you don't have a specific place to put that one, that's going to be a problem because you usually want to keep it out of your living area just because the resin is so bad and you don't want it getting on things. <laughs> yep, there you go. Uh, the FDM uh, if you're, is great if you're primarily interested in making stuff like cosplay accessories or uh, larger functional things. But you can still actually print out minis and stuff like that on an FDM. You're just going to lose some of those details but you can turn out you can still turn out perfectly functional minis once you have it dialed in well enough mm -hmm. now is there a speed difference in printing from one to the other yes uh so the that's another advantage of the resin printers is that you could fill up your entire plate with uh with a dozen minis however much you can cram on a plate you can print all at once and it doesn't affect the printing time huh. what affects the printing time for a resin printer is basically how tall it is how many layers it has to do uh an fdm printer on the other hand it uh, the number of objects on the on the plate and the height of the plate all play in because you uh the resin does an entire layer all at once, just of everything. That screen just lights up, solidifies an entire layer. Uh, the FDM just has that one moving head that has to go and draw each layer on each object. So the more, the bigger the object, like in X and Y terms and in Z terms, yeah, that all plays into how long something's going to print. Mm -hmm. And also the more uh, also the more material it has to put down will affect how long it takes to print. So if you've got something that's like a plate that has just a, a long flat surface of something that needs to be printing, that's going to take a ton of time to print. Whereas if it's just like building up a couple thin walls, that goes really, really quick. Mm. Okay. So <laughs> Did we lose Stu, you guys? As, as someone who sees a lot of <laughs> you know, creative nerd energy at the cons and the writing side. And uh, Benito, I know you're a big fan of writing too. And, and, you know, but you're seeing more of the craft and printing and things like that. With COVID, I mean, you've already spoken about this, um, you know, expanding and getting people to really reevaluate their, how they're spending their time, whether it's at work or something personal. Like how, how much would you say 
it has grown for people to really invest in the things that they love when you when we do get together at the cons now in communities has it just exploded yeah 100 percent. i mean i think everybody got very creative um uh when we were all we had that downtime i, I mean just trying to buy computer parts is next to impossible without spending a mazillion dollars because people graphics cards and whatnot taking to taken to the uh you know streaming and and you know twitch and gaming and all crypto those mining yeah <laughs> and then yeah and then exactly probably you know part of the reason i got this second bigger printer i have a i have a smaller one that i started out with the build plate was about this big and now my new one is you know whatever this big but i think that had a lot to do probably with covid too is you're looking for something to do and and yeah and so that just sort of fed into buying a bigger printer that i could do more things with and um, so yeah, it's a huge explosion based on, you know, based on COVID and downtime and, and looking at being creative and, and, and yeah, building yeah. things. Yeah. And, 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 I, it's I a, think, and it's a side hustle. It's a side business. Right. Yeah. And, 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 to, and to speak to Jenna's point, I think what COVID really did was it really accelerated a lot of learning curves for people. Uh, there are a lot of things that you'd say like, well, I, I could do this, but ah, I'll just keep doing it the way I've, way I've been doing it. Ah, I could do this, but ah, I'll just keep doing it the way I've been doing it. And when we had the pandemic, especially the early months of the pandemic, when we were all really sheltering in place, people realized, okay, the way I've been doing it, just find out doesn't exist anymore. I've got to find a different way to do this. Right. Yeah. And so, so it really accelerated your learning curve in terms of getting different types of social media, getting the different, you know, type of um, material work, uh, different, different habits of how, of how to interact and so forth. And now that we're, you know, we're ostensibly coming out of the, of the pandemic and you know, things are getting, you know, slowly easing back to normal a lot of people are saying well hold on i like these skills you know there's a lot of you know there, there's a lot of stuff i don't want to give up about this this new life that, I, that i've made for myself uh because when I, in national novel writing month for example we would have these in-person get-togethers where we'd socialize and we talk about our work and so on and so forth and now and when we tried to go online it was a little awkward because we had a discord server get up and didn't have a lot of traction people just kind of message and so forth a year this year, since we've had that much more experience at this, now the Discord server is much more active. Mm-hmm. Much more because people have have those skills and have those aptitudes, mm-hmm. and they're ready to do that. And I, I think it's going to be tough to try to get them back in, to meeting in person, frankly. I mean, because you, if you think about what goes into an in-person meetup, you know, you've got, you know, say, an average of a 15, 20-minute commute to someplace, and then a 15, 20-minute commute back. That's 40 minutes where you could be spending doing something you really like instead of sitting in your car. Well, and yeah. also, also the, the expense or the monetary, you know, value, the money you've put into that technology, it'd be hard to just walk away and, and go back to doing it in person. When I have all this tech right here, that I've invested time to learn how to run, bought, you know, the physical part of it, and then sure. to just not use it anymore doesn't make sense either. I think you're 100% right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, or, or you know, tech and, and, and distance. I mean, say some of your best friends through the pandemic were, you know, hundreds of miles away. Mm-hmm. You know, people who you normally would, would be losing track of. I mean, we've, we've been moving toward that over the last 15 years through social media, but I think COVID just, just gave it a huge shot in the arm when people say, okay, do I want to go back to the trouble of making friends who I busily interact with, or I have all these, these very valuable relationships I've built up in the last year and a half. Do I value that more? I think a lot of people are saying, you know, option B, you know, I, I value that more. I don't want to 
leave my online friends. And, and, and there, there are some some folks who say, oh my goodness, this is a great tragedy for, for humanity. Maybe it's not. You know, no. you have, you're able to actually cultivate a broader and more meaningful social network uh, through, through using the technology, through using the skills that we learned during the pandemic. Yeah. Do you think that um, people are, have, you know, maybe holdouts from learning new technology, this has shown them, hey, I can learn something new. I can learn a new skill. I can figure something out on my own. I can learn, I can more easily get comfortable with tech. Do you think it's maybe brought a lot of yeah. uh, the older generation up to speed with the younger generation in terms of, hell, fuck yeah, I can learn this mm-hmm. or I can do this. Like it's given yes, confidence. Absolutely. Well, I think I think there's two things at play there. One was the necessity of having to learn that stuff to stay in contact. People had to learn things like Zoom, for example, or online meetings. But the other thing playing into it, I think, was the fact that because you weren't going out and going out to eat and going out to meet people all the time and you were more sheltered at home, you had more time to spend learning something new. And if you had something that had always been in the back of your mind, like, you know, well, I'd like to do this, but I just don't have the time. Now, all of a sudden, you find yourself with a lot of time on your hands and you're like, well, shit, I think I'll just sit down and spend some time learning this new technology. And uh, so I think that's, that's, you know, helped people quite a bit uh, jump into stuff that they've always wanted to do. Yeah, you're right. And, And I think it goes beyond generations. It's a different sectors of society. I mean, there are people who I never would have got on, got on Discord before. I mean, because it, I didn't see the point of it. Now I see how healthy this, this, this community that we've, that we've got going is I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Right. I agree hundred percent. I had no, I had no cause or no reason to ever be on Discord ever. I think I, I think I only had the app because we would do script read throughs once or twice a year, maybe the only reason mm-hmm. I had it. And now I'm on it all the time, just constantly. It's just such a great way to reach out to communities, especially the 3D printing community. Uh-huh. yeah we started seth kind of introduced us to discord uh, just for our podcasting stuff yeah. when mm-hmm. we started doing more things uh online and uh you know uh it, it's amazing uh it's you can have you know different quote channels which are basically different rooms you can go into um to talk about different subjects and so we've kind of separated it so we have different rooms for our different shows where you can go in and start planning future events and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just been kind of a a game changer for us as far as planning stuff and you know whereas you know before we might have gotten together over lunch and kind of just shot some ideas around and then you know several days later you're thinking now, what the heck were we talking about at lunch? <laughs> we, you know, we're going to do it, but now you've got it right there documented. You can just go back and pull it up real quick and, and you're right back to where you were. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been amazing. Well, let me ask you guys, um, cause we're starting to get to close to the end of our time here. Um, you know, we're coming up on the holidays and people might be thinking about asking Santa for get, they want to get a 3d printer. Um, and Ooh. The right. answer is no, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I'm going to ask Santa. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, so if that's the case, what would you recommend for a starting printer for folks and uh, starting technology, whether uh, you know SLA or the resin or whatever? And an app, like maybe a free or or low cost app to help work with those printers. Yeah, or where they get their their STL files. Uh, I think you guys need to give them a little 
idea of what you would use it for. That's probably going to yeah. make the difference of what they recommend. Well, let's say, yeah, they're going to use it for Dungeons and Dragons, and maybe they want to print some some characters, for example, or okay. alternatively, maybe for something for cosplay. Maybe they want to build sure. some props for cosplay. Yeah, refrigerator magnets to give away as gifts or a picture yes. frame. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just a million things you can or do. Or maybe 3D printed guns to defend themselves. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Let's but not you know, go there. Yeah. You mind if I take first shot? You take the first shot, and then I definitely have an answer for my end, so go ahead. <laughs> All right, so for D&D, uh, if you're looking at just printing minis, uh, I recommend starting with an Elegoo. Uh, there are plenty yeah. of entry-level printers, and it kind of depends on your budget, but uh, Elegoo is a great kind of budget starter printer. They've got the Elegoo 2 Pro and the Elegoo, Mar the Elegoo Mars and the Mars 2. They're both huh. great entry-level, and you can get them both, I think, for under $200. Right. Is that an uh, example there, Benito, of something printed on an LED? Yeah, exactly what he's talking about for D&D minis. Okay. Like I needed a bartender, so I printed a bartender for a game. So, oh, yeah. nice. so right. if you're more interested for D&D in printing uh, buildings and landscapes and dungeon tiles, an FDM is going to serve you better, uh, for which there are also several very good entry levels. Uh, the Creality Ender Pro 3, I believe, is kind of the community favorite just because so many people have them and there is so much uh, support for that. You can dial that one down really well to make very usable minis, but you can also use it to make landscape and all of the props that you were maybe hoping to think to make. It's got a decent build volume and it's like I said, very well supported in the community. Mm -hmm. huh. Okay. Yeah. My turn? Yeah, yeah. your turn. <laughs> so my turn is, I don't know anything about filament printers yet, so I don't necessarily have, <laughs> other than I know we've had we've had ours since August and they still barely print. <laughs> Our <laughs> filaments barely work. I, I don't know if it's because if you spend more money, you have more technology and more software and more things to go wrong, but I'm not opposed to it. Seth, you know, Seth is having so much fun with his and he seems to have it dialed in instantly almost not i know it wasn't plug and play i know you had to put a lot of work into tuning it you no know, it was almost it was pretty much plug and play so uh, there's nothing wrong yeah we're just yeah. having bad experience just because the build volume is so gigantic and there's so many more things to go wrong with it. I, I i think you guys are having uh prop like i think it's because they're these uh professional grade uh, printers that are just so much more dialed in and exact and they have custom code written for them yeah, they're uh, i got since i'm not exactly a beginner i got a kind of a mid-level uh fdm printer i got an anycubic viper and it did bed it does bed leveling for you and you just basically have to put you assem assemble a few pieces put filament in and it printed like first time, no trouble. I've only had one major failure at this point. So yeah, I'm totally into getting one at some point. I, it just sort of depends on when you talk about a filament printer working great for terrain and pieces and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I'm down. I'm just not sure when I'm ready to take that leap into the terrain and, and big pieces. So <sighs> resin printing 
has really been my whole game, even with where I worked at the dental lab. I love it. But there's a trade-off. You get that amazing, you get that amazing quality almost at any price level, whether you buy one for $299 or you buy one for $999. Has a lot to do with the longevity of the screen and you know, whether it's 4K, it has a lot to do with the light source underneath is where you start ending up spending a lot of money. But it really, you still get a great print, but it's not that noticeable when you're working on something so small. Um, so resin would be my, my go-to, I think, to jump in if you're going to try something. Um, there's a lot of really great brands out there. The, the Saturns, or the Saturns, the Elegoos are, are, yeah, there's the community for, for working with any of the Elegoo printers is Amazing. They have every level that you want to start spending money starting at what probably $199, I imagine. Yeah, somewhere near. I think it might be cheaper than that for the yeah. very first Elegoo now, which is what I have. Yeah, you can get in for nothing. Resin's not very expensive. Uh, if you buy a bottle of resin, what does it cost you? Maybe if you get it on sale, $27. And God, you could print. Yeah, you can print countless, dozens countless. and dozens of uh, minis off of a single bottle of resin. Right. So, well, now with that being said, there's a huge amount of work you've got to put into making a resin print though. You have to get the software. There's a couple of different ones. There's lychee. It's a slicing program. What's the other one that we use? Cheeto box. Cheeto box. Both of these have free options, by the way, to Jenna's point about a uh, free software solution that'll help you out. Right. But I'm telling you it's hours and hours and hours of learning how to really tune in the software to make your print turn out right. So if you print a guy that's holding a giant sword, you don't just incorporate him into the program and hit print. <laughs> I wish it was that simple, but every little piece of this mini that you're printing, if it has pieces that hang out, if I'm holding a giant sword and the sword's sticking out like this, I have to support that sword as it prints or the print will, or it'll just rip off or not print or not hold up. So you end up with all of these ton, tons and tons of scaffolding um, supports in all these different areas on your mini. And it takes a long time to learn how to do that and put the, uh, and to put the supports in the right places. And well, once you me, well a lot of me, the places that to do the models though are pre-supporting them. You can buy pre-supported models. And I highly suggest that because I've never really had any issue with that. So I'm kind of... Sorry, so I'm kind of confused here. So you're talking about, you know, pre-supported models, right? Mm -hmm. So, Benita, were you talking about if somebody designs their own and then they've got to go in and build supports under it? Sure, right. Okay, versus, versus Seth is talking about going somewhere, buying a model that somebody else has already designed with the supports built in. Right. I so see. let me see. I'm going to try to share this. Okay. <laughs> we know how that's going, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> I'm going to show you what uh, what a print looks like with when it's supported, so that you have an idea. Okay. All right. Let's see. Are you loading up Lychee right now? No. Uh -huh. So um, that that software, that Lychee that you mentioned, that's something that somebody would need to get oh, yeah. if they wanted to design their own models. Yeah. Uh, right. No, if you well, want no, to no, design, no, 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 your not own to design. Models, it's a completely different thing. Right. Not oh, to okay. design. I'm sorry. To print. Can you guys see the screen? Yeah. Yes. Yep, yep. All right. I'm going to try to do this. So here is a dragon. These are all the supports I had to put in 
oh. to support all the big pieces of this model because it won't just print things that are hanging out in the space. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. what we're looking at now, right, when you're printing that, the printer is going to start at the very top with the tips the, of the wings. No, it starts at the very bottom, the gray um, plate at the bottom. Right. Oh, okay. Okay, so there's that. And then, but then you end up with this if you did it correctly. Oh. So every one of these little spikes and all these little crystal pieces had to be supported or they would either break off or not. You know, or not, or not work. So there's a lot of work to learning to resin print as well as. Oops, sorry. Stop. So so that. uh, Sorry. So that dragon. Did you design that yourself, or did you purchase that from somewhere? Right. So I bought the dragon, but it was not pre-supported. So I just had a file of a dragon. And then you have to pick which is the best way to start, and you can spin it around and fix a lot to it. So then, but not only that, then after that, the post work is a ton of work. Yeah, the post. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Seth. Uh, The post work on resin is a lot more intensive than on FDM. Like, uh, you've still got to sand an FDM, but uh, in resin, you have to, like, it comes out of that resin vat covered in this toxic resin. So you have to clean it off either an alcohol or some other solvent and get it dry so that it doesn't have any of that harmful resin on it. And then you have to post cure it as well. Yeah, you have to cure it in a UV oven. And if you don't get all the resin, if you don't get all the resin off and there's any resin goo anywhere and you send it through the oven, it bakes right on. You can lose a lot of detail if you don't clean it out really well. I don't know. There's so many steps and then you got to. So you buy the the, the oven separate from the printer. Or you can leave it out in the sunshine. Yeah, you can pop it out in the sun. UV. Um, but yeah, so resin, I'm a huge resin fan. And I have to say that because I don't own an FDM yet or seen one that actually works. It's just like, not like working with poison. Okay, like, so it's working with poison. Yeah. So there I may, I mean, I may go live back. with Bill's puns. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, so it seems like there's a lot of knowledge that you guys have acquired over the year or two that you've been learning this stuff. So for somebody that's new to this, they're, you know, they've been listening to you guys talk. They're excited about doing this. Maybe they want to get uh, their, take their first jump into this for Christmas. Is there a forum that they should go to where they can learn and read about a lot of this stuff and ask questions before jumping in um, to help them figure out what they really want to do? It's the Seth forum. You go over and you spend time with Seth. Yeah. Now see, now see this person here, this fantastic, fantastic supports. I am so far from this level of getting a print that few as supports. I have no confidence. I have no confidence (laughs) myself that if I did that, would go, that's gonna print amazing. I'm not even worried about it. I'd put on like 300 more <laughs> support because <laughs> it's so heartbreaking when you have a failed print. Yeah. After, after but, 12 I mean, hours or eight hours of a printing and then it falls yeah. apart. You have to, you're going to have to expect some failed prints. But in answer to, uh, I believe, Linda's question, uh, where do you go? <laughs> where do you, or was this? Oh, built? sorry. Right. Yeah. 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 Mine. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I started off on YouTube. So. Uh, there's a bunch, a bunch, a 
bunch of different creators who are uh, who will help you get into things. Uh, so there's uh, oh god, uh, Modbot is a guy I've been watching, and I'll try and re- I'll put some links in the in this week's uh, show notes. Uh, Modbot has helped me a lot with uh, my FDM stuff. And there's a uh, 3D printing nerd uh, who or 3D printing nerd, 3D printing dungeon master, one of the two uh, who does specifically D&D stuff on 3D printers. Uh, and Uncle Jesse reviews about every printer on the Uncle on Jesse. The he's he's <laughs> a great source for just like how to's and uh, reviewing different printers and letting you know Uh there is one who I can't remember off the top of my head who really helped me uh, with learning how to do supports. Mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about. Amazing. Yeah, he made getting into supporting things really easy. And now I, I, Benito made it sound like a huge, huge hard process. But once you learn how to do it, it's it's not that intimidating. Right. So and you're going to list all the resources, right? Uh, some some recommended yeah. forums and sites on the on the links for this yeah. description. He's right. I did make it sound like it's very a lot of process, but I can do all that stuff I was complaining about. I can do in about ten minutes, maybe fifteen. Oh my god! <laughs> it's super quick, but it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, the software really helps. <laughs> yeah, and I think mainly Benito, you were saying that just because of where you're at experience level, you tend to over support your models oh, just to make I sure do. it comes out right versus <laughs> risking you know, uh, a failed print. So yeah, hundred percent. Right. Uh, Seth, you're hundred percent right. YouTube teaches you everything. There's nothing that you can't learn. Uh, YouTube has everything. If you're looking at a specific printer that maybe you're interested in shit, there's probably five or six reviews on it. And a bunch of people who work with it professionally yeah, who's already working with it. exactly yeah, so how to use it. You won't have any trouble learning. I tried a little bit on Reddit and didn't get as far as I did on YouTube. Huh. YouTube right. was, I mean, that's YouTube's that way for everything, but as far as resin or FDM printing, there's no way you couldn't learn to do it. Yeah. It's and I mean, it simple. They've taken all the hard part out and, and showing you the easiest, quickest way to do it. Yeah. Sounds good. This episode is going to drop right before Black Friday, and there's going to be a bunch of printers on sale Black Friday. Nice. All right. If, if you Amen. see one you're interested in and want to get into it, first step, go to YouTube. And just like search for that printer and you'll probably get 10 hits of reviews right off the top. Right. Or God, just type in how do resin printers work? How do FDM printers work? I can't wait till we get to our 200th episode and Charles is (laughs) 3D printing bridges for cars to drive on. That he still won't use. (laughs) He still won't use. (laughs) Oh God. All All right. right. They they 3D print houses now. I mean, it's yeah, I know. Yeah, we were. We were looking at that online the other day. 3D printed uh, homes in 24 Boats, cars, hours. Things that go into space. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the future. Might as well get yes. into it now. Get ready for it. Right. We're underutilizing resources, Seth. We're just printing minis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's keeping me busy. So I think Katie thinks it's uh, fully worthwhile. Shout out over here. I He's like, I'd pay money for that. <laughs> yeah. Here's a wreck. I'm sorry. It makes me think it now. Maybe I could have 3D printed my veranda. 
part of it. <laughs> part that would have been a bit much. Yeah, part of it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys coming on, talking about 3D printing. And uh, Stu, thank you for coming on. And yeah, I'm sorry if we made you gloss over it. No, no, no. no it's it's interesting. Us, for sure. Yeah, I love very it. interesting. So, yeah, bud. Great way to hit yeah, our uh, 100th episode talking about uh, 3D yeah, printing. Yeah, although it, it, you, you are right, though. I would almost pencil in um, Benito or somebody else who's interested in 3D printing for the 200th episode just to see how far we've come since. Right. I think we're going right. to <laughs> oh, be around for 200. Oh, definitely. We're going to be around for 100. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Me too. All I mean, right. Unless that solar flare takes us out and the grid <laughs> right. becomes a Mad Max world, but you know. Right. How many uh, How many years have we been doing this now? This for, is our Bill? fourth year. We're going to be hitting uh, five years here in January. So um, in, um, by episode 200, we'll be close to 10 years. Well, no, because uh, the first three and a half years we were doing bi-weekly. All right. So now, now we're now doing... We could hit, we could hit 200 in... Pretty fast. A year and a half, maybe? Yeah. About two years. Yeah. Two years. There you go. Right. Two weeks a year, yeah. Here's right. to two years. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And uh, all of you out there, if you want to uh, find more of our shows, check us out on galacticdriftwood.space. You can also check out our uh, partner podcasters on synergynation.net, which is synnation.net. And you'll find other podcasts out there like Go RPGs, which Benito runs. Um, Dude, I don't do a with... podcast. We do What's some that? live shows. We do live shows from time to time. Not much of a podcast, but All right. on Facebook, if you just look up RPGs, we have some stuff going on there. He's got cool stuff. Excellent. Cool stuff. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah, thank you to our guests this week, uh, Stu Burns and Benito Garcia for joining us. Thanks yep. for nerding out. We Thanks always love having you guys on. <laughs> All right, we will. Sorry uh, if we dominated talk with us nerding out about 3D printing. No, that's no, that was great. I loved it. It was fascinating. So I I think that's what people. I think that's what people come here for. Really. Yeah. (laughs) Remember, Black Friday's coming. Yes, buy one. No matter what I said, that may have victim or not victim. May have scared you off. 3D printing. Buy one. (laughs) On this, your blackest of Fridays. All right, folks. Well, thanks again, and we will see you again next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.